Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What a reserved and calm intro that was by you. You know, I'm, I've grown since the last, oh, over you, the last two weeks. Are you mature? I'm taller. I'm <laughs> uh, now 6'4 versus 6'3. You enjoy a herbal tea? Uh, yeah, actually. In fact, I have a medicine ball right here. I do not have the coronavirus. That's good to know. I'm happy to. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, we're very close. You know, uh, make sure to wash your hands, everybody. It's really, honestly, 20 seconds. The only way to do with it, the alcohol hand stuff, like only half works. Mm. Yeah. If you're going to use it, 60. percent That's the anything less alcoholic than that. Don't do it. Got to be 60 percent alcoholic to fight coronavirus. 60 percent uh, alcoholic. Yes. Wow. Uh, and then. Um, just wash your hands 20 seconds just keep doing it if you're like hmm I haven't washed my hands for a second go wash your hands uh, don't touch your face I'm terrible at that I'm really bad at it too I'm like my hands are up here all the time at my fingers times, are basically yeah. chew toys uh, and uh, yeah but this concludes our episode of the coronavirus podcast no this is the Masters of Modern we talk yeah. about magic here yeah. we're back in studio together well, this uh, is important magic players go and gather it's true in big areas magic the gathering of recycled air of recycled air so <laughs> good stay area. safe everybody yeah so here we are. We're back in Los Angeles together. And it's fun when you and I get to do shows together because it actually feels like even though the show is the best it's ever been, that, that uh, we are doing the best with it. We have a producer. The set looks great. Yeah. Uh, we are able to do the show together less than we've ever been able to do the show. Yeah. So we obviously have our third host now, Michael Grothy, who's on the show more than we are, it feels yeah. like. Um, so when we are together hanging out, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, we've gotten to do some pretty cool stuff in the magic world the last few weeks. We went to New York Toy Fair. That yep. was incredible. We yep. had some cool stories from that. Alex went to Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Atlanta doing the, defending my belt in the movie Trivia Schmodown. That's a story for another time. Going to be a gamma next week. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about Magic Reno, MT, uh, Magic Fest Reno specifically. Uh, first off, big shout out to Channel Fireball for uh, hosting me and Michael. They like they like got us into the command zone and were really great. Um, and there's a whole other bunch of people to thank and we'll get through that through that whole process but um also there was a ptq and just like the deck lists were fire um and it's kind of it's really interesting because there's officially a ban announcement for this monday we don't know what format it is so wizards has changed their policy for banning so instead of what they used to do which was um here's a card we're going to ban it uh, or here's a, a set schedule of which days we're going to announce bannings. Now they can ban cards whenever they want, but they'll give a week advance notice. The problem with that is now that we're actually living through that experience is that we have now a week where we don't know which format a card is going to be banned out of. And, but we know it's going to happen. And so we've had this like weird ominous announcement over all of our shoulders. Now, a lot of people are pointing at pioneer as a really likeful place, like, likely place for cards to be banned uh legacy has probably the second most likely just uh uh not through the breach what's the what's the red yagamas will oh oh uh underworld breach underworld breach hey, the word breach is in there that card i think like a portion of today's show should be discussing the absurdity of that card sure. because like it feels like that's a right now thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a major way i think it's gonna well so part of me <laughs> wants to wait Maybe so having that full episode because I think it's going to get banned on Monday okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Legacy at least. I think I think it's likely to get banned in Legacy and then Thassa's Oracle or Inverter is likely to get banned in Pioneer, in Pioneer on Monday if I'm going to like shot call the two cards. I would hope nothing gets banned. I don't think Modern needs it right now. Now, a lot of people are talking about like Once Upon a Time probably needs to go and like it's pretty ubiquitous and I don't think anyone would really be like too sad for that card to go away. If you look at this top eight, the top eight is definitely... Like, not, like, even the, you know, I'm looking at a Death Shadow list. It's not even playing it. It's playing Traverse to Uvenwald, 
Um, well, the the Tron list was is playing four of them though. It's interesting, right, to talk about that card once upon a time because, and we're going to talk about all this, but like, I still I still feel like when I look at that card at face value, it still to me feels like a card that I don't understand why it would be so ubiquitous in power formats. Because I get the idea of playing a free spell on the first turn of the game is great. Like if you start the game with that in your opening hand, you get like a free thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you're getting that good of a free thing. I get you get you get some card selection on a creature or like a land if you don't have one. But after that, is there a free draw card that hasn't seen play in modern available to you? But it's in like a major way. Totally. But it's a free draw card only once. So the rest of them you draw in the game are like these fine cards. They're kind of clunky. It's not that I don't get that it's powerful. I do get that it's powerful. It's just that I still haven't wrapped my head around like. Why did this, like, how is this so ubiquitous? It's played as a four of in, like, every green deck in modern, it feels like. It's a cantrip that lets you look at the top four cards of your library. Fixed mana. I mean, like, it, it's kind of, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast the power level of being very good early game and very good late game. It's why Deathrite Shaman was so powerful. It's why every yeah. cantrip under the sun has always been powerful. The ability to, on turn one and two, play something that is going to be good at that moment. But then also, if you draw it on turn 30, after you've, like, grinded your opponent out on resources, is good then, is, like, very valuable. It's one of the reasons, like, Birds of Paradise sometimes is bad, right? You, like, on turn one, Birds of Paradise wins you the game. But on turn, if you draw it with no cards in hand on turn seven, you'll lose. (laughs) Let me ask you this, though. So, by the same token, what cantrip that costs two mana in modern that doesn't get you another resource on top of the card has ever seen play? Like so, Manamorphos gets you the mana back, right? Well, telling so you get like, a card. Telling time has seen play but a few bar- times. Like, telling and, time is not ubiquitous as a four of. Like that's barely well, a card. But but telling time is always a two mana thing. My point is that because this is free. Once. This is when it's two mana. It's late game. And and if I was on turn seven and drew telling time in any matchup that was able to take advantage of the requirements that card has, I would play it. You're right? happy. Like sure. I'm happy. Sure. Like I'm happy about it. Late game. I got to the late game to be able to cast telling time. The problem is that normally you don't get there in modern, where once upon a time is good on turn one and two when you draw it because you can play it as your first spell and now you get to get a free spell out of it and you get to play whatever spell you get if you get a spell you need or you draw late game and you play it as a two mana thing but then by that point it's fine you're at the late game you paid two mana for it and you have two more mana in play probably so it can play the two drop you find i guess that's fair because like it's not just a cantrip it's card selection and a cantrip right. so right so like mana morphos gets you the mana back and it's great for being pe- like a piece of an engine mm-hmm. but like late game if you have a bunch of mana and you can dig for like a prime time or an uro or something right. like whatever it is that you're looking for having the mana often in those situations to both play it and the thing you're getting in the same turn makes it pretty valuable. Well, and like, like, yeah, just being able to play this card for free in the first two turns. And then, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I mean, Frank Carson wrote a really good article. Michael has talked about a few times also where like this card just like lets you cut two lands from your deck often. Right. right. Um, and does just a lot of work in what you needed to do. And being able to find lands is really important, but being able to find creatures, which is why it's seeing play over vision, not visions. Oh, Ancient Stirrings. Ancient Stirrings. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. See, I know I don't know how to say that card's name. (laughs) I just don't know what the card's name is. Um, It's like charades. You're just going to give me some motions? Yeah, yeah. Two uh, two words. First one's small. (laughs) It's a movie. Uh, Ancient. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so I think when talking about the bannings that are coming up, looking at those out of modern that's the only card that really looks to me that's like problematic immediately there's a bunch of cards that i'd like to talk about in that world but let's maybe wait till next week when we're going to have basically an episode about bannings once the announcement is made i think that's great and but the the place that you know with legacy 
we're not a legacy podcast. I can't attest to even talk about what that metagame looks right now. But like, obviously, Yagamas will is problematic in their formats. <laughs> if it's problematic in Pioneer and probably modern in the long run, it's definitely problematic in legacy. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about all the things we mentioned. We have a handful of brews from these PTQs in Reno that are super dope we want sure. to talk about. I think the interesting thing, and I think kind of the, the theme of this, is talking about Modern's metagame right now a little bit. Obviously, since the Mox Opal banning, since the format has started to kind of shake up, we've seen a whole bunch of uh, of amulet decks. That's been like a very, very big player in the format. You know, Death Shadow, Dredge, some of these ones that are very popular we've seen. But we're going to be kind of talking about some of the edges that we're starting to see pop up. There was no Urza in this top eight in this PTQ, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, and so we are going to be talking about that. But before we get to all of that stuff, guys, I do want to give a quick couple shout outs. Remind everybody here. You can find us on Twitter at the MMCast. We have actually like really cool stuff on our Twitter recently because we like debuted a couple products over the course of the last month. For we, we, got, we got the official Ultra Pro announcement for the Chandra series Mythic Edition box. And then we also got to preview some stuff we're going to talk about at New York yeah. Toy Fair. That's like these, these amazing tiny magic cards. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, we've been getting like, you know, legitimate things. So if you want like magic news, go check out our Twitter at the MMCast. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media at Kess Wiley over here on all the different platforms. And uh, we have a Patreon. Kess, go on Twitch, though. Yeah for now <laughs> patreon.com slash the mmcast um, we've talked about it a bunch guys and look for a big announcement coming in the next couple weeks about a little bit of like a retooling of the patreon um, I, a lot of you guys know I have this other brand action industries I do with Andrew Guy and we've spent a lot of time over the last year figuring out kind of like the best ways to give back and I, we're going to kind of borrow a few of those ideas because some cool stuff worked there and we mm-hmm. want to throw some things back to you guys as well so look out for a big announcement on that coming up and the last shout out guys is hit that subscribe button below if you're watching this on YouTube because more subscribers the notification bell you guys will know when we post content means the world to us to have you guys leave comments and, and interact with us here on YouTube yeah um, so the the ending thought on through the breach because I did want to want to mention why well, I don't think it, in modern it's seeing infinity play. And I think it modern is this perfect perfect medium between yeah. pioneer and 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 legacy, where legacy has such powerful cards in it that can take advantage of it that the graveyard hate, even though it's very powerful there, isn't powerful enough to be able to fight it. In pioneer, they don't have good graveyard hate, right? The graveyard hate there's they're very limited. Like the best one is probably Leyline of the Void, Scavenging and is the, Scavenging is the main player, sees a lot of play. and, and and Graft Digger's Cage, right? Yeah. And like without uh, spell bomb or rest in peace or those kind of effects. It's a little bit harder to fight the graveyard. They did reprint that. This is actually hilarious for us because we were the ones that previewed it, but they did reprint scrabbling claws, yes. which is like so much more relevant now because pioneer has taken off than it's seen when we actually previewed it. Sure. I'm pretty sure when we well, previewed that card, it, the format didn't exist yet. What's the zero? No, yeah, absolutely. Did. Pioneer started in Jan- yeah. September. I just can't remember when we got scrabbling claws. You're thinking you're, you were about to January, make- 2019. Yeah. You were about to make a reference we to, uh, Tormod's Crypt. Up, 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 up. <laughs> Actually, that was Sam Lewis who helped. Uh, new addition to Kesko. Tormod's Crypt is slow the... slow in my old age, man. I can't believe I just dropped that one. Well, I'm like drinking like three coffees right now. I have I have, I have, have post-convention hall funk, I yeah. think is the, the term where like you're at the, like the highest high. You're like hanging out with people for like literally 48 hours straight. Uh, I, I spent played. all day on Sunday laughing at different ridiculous t-shirt <laughs> names that are not safe for work. And then uh, now I'm, I'm back. Real is really cool. Um, 
basically it was <laughs> Olivia Goberhicks, uh like hosting magic in her hometown. So okay. that was really sweet. Uh, Vince was there. Uh, Vincent Kenobi. Uh, Tappy was there. Christine was there. Kat was there on the like more content side. Ben Wheeler, Shivam. Spent a lot of time with Shivam Bot. He has a new podcast everyone should check out. Casual Magic. Casual Magic. You were on one episode. Yeah. I'm eventually going to be on one. I'm in town for more than a day. <laughs> um, uh, and he's actually eventually going to guest on the podcast. Uh, maybe even next week. Um, just tons of people I'm like gonna miss people like it, it, it was really cool because it was definitely like a magic event that was like look how great the magic community is yeah and look all the cool stuff that we can do and 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 like look how great of a community we are and that was really great um as far as magic goes played a lot of commander Sweet. played a lot of uh commander games where a planeswalker was the commander so like I have oathbreaker been... kind of you mean that... no so like just purely turn zero so here's the thing magic has a rule now commander does it's called turn or rule zero uh it basically says you do whatever you want <laughs> oh. uh it was the rules committee's like Stop yelling ass about the changes you want. Most of these are house rules anyways. This is a casual format, so technically you can do whatever we want. We're not judge, jury, executioner. So if you want to try doing this, go ahead. I think Planeswalker should be commander. I've now been on at least four other guest podcasts, including the Command Zone, talking about why I think that is true. Yeah. Um, and since then, even more people have been more verbal about it. Um, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is and just building commander decks with Planeswalkers as commander. So I have Nahiri, Red White built. I have... Chandra from M20, the rare that like puts loyalty counters on red planeswalkers. It's like my favorite card. It's I, so cool. <laughs> I got a DM on that card from an MMCast fan this morning. Uh, literally, mm -hmm. just was like, hey, I'm the biggest fan. I, you should combine Gargadon with that card and something else. Yeah. It's so dope. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And like, I like, made a bunch of changes at the end of the show. And I have some more. Like, I have a big pile of cards I need to Do add. You play to Gargadon in that deck? No, I play uh, Goblin Barment. Okay. Better. Getting a big night. In Commander, Gargadon isn't as good as yeah. as like something else and i didn't want it's not like too many south outlets are part of the theme i am playing uh karanos though Same. not karanos uh perforos yeah okay that makes sense because like those two tokens come in and dome someone for four yeah uh it's really good <laughs> um but uh the i have that and then i have um tomio blue green the war tomio so blue green one that like Look at the top four cards of your library. Pick one. If you named it correctly, you get it. Otherwise, they go to your graveyard. It right. minus is is a uh, eternal witness, and then it can like you can't sacrifice or discard cards, which is like gets people randomly. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely discarded two cards before remembering that's what it says. But like, with the Japanese one, the like the I have a foil Japanese anime Tamio, so like knowing what the card does is hard. Okay. <laughs> um, but so did a lot of that uh, and it was great. I highly recommend trying it. If you want to play with the commander, that's a planeswalker. If you have a favorite planeswalker, just do it. What I would recommend is having a, like a guest commander available. Uh, so for instance, with Tamio, I have T Tatiova because it's a lands deck with Chandra. I have Torbrand, which is the guy that makes like all, all red damage three versus one. Okay. Uh, and then uh, for, Nahiri, Aurelia, it's the worst one. Like, that deck is very much built around Nahiri being the commander. So, Wizards, print a red-white discard outlet commander, please. <laughs> um, uh, but all of them were really fun. Played with a bunch of people. No one had any complaints. Um, and it's just like, I think, I think honestly, if that's something that people want to happen, the best way to do it is just start doing it and make it happen and let that be the world. Now I have a special 
opportunity to do that because people are a little bit more willing to not say no to me when I'm at Magic Fest because they're like, I get to play with Alex Kessler from the Masters of Modern. Oh, he wants to do this thing. Fine. <laughs> You're like, let's not play modern. <laughs> um, so I did that. I also played like Infinity uh, uh, Mystery Boost for draft. I'm so jealous. I still have so never done it. Boosties. Uh, it looks so fun. Last time there was a, like a three-hour wait in the, at the beginning of the show uh, on the last day. Okay. It was sold out in like 25 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I was ridiculous. I, I was like so bummed out. So I just like make my own chaos thing, which is really fun, but I still really want to do Mystery Booster. It, it's it's kind of stolen your brand. Yeah. Because like <laughs> you used to go to these, uh, the last, every Magic Fest I've ever been to, you like on the last day you like host a, a yeah. big chaos draft and or we'd host like meetups where that's what we're doing like five of them i know meetups uh and like now you just can't like this is just it's it's not strictly better because there's there's definitely things you lose but like from it's better (laughs) it's just the way well when you get these like you get these unique cards oh the unique cards are dope well yeah so like the thing you lose is you don't get like weird ice age packs where like half the cards don't mean anything and then once you read one you eventually realize oh this card actively does does nothing or it's white global enchantments right or or is like a house beyond any other card that you like would normally open in a limited pack where it's yeah. like, oh, I just win by casting this card. <laughs> You're like, oh, Fire Covenant. Let me read this card real fast. <laughs> um, so like you go back and forth. Like you don't have that, but what you have is these weird cards where like you have to read it three times because the rules no longer make sense. Like I don't remember like one of the ones is like damage on the stack is back, right? Oh, so yeah. like okay. it's like one white draw a card damage back on the stack. And so I had to go through like all my cards and be like, do any of these do anything with this effect? Um, they it's didn't. Cool. Uh, but then like, you know, Tybalt, which I got, is like also an insane. Like he has like four abilities for every ability he has. So he pluses. Wait, he's a test Tybalt though? There's a test Tybalt. Uh, I have I, I will I have a deck on my phone because I added it to Chandra because rule zero is great. <laughs> Can we play test cards like in Highlander, you think? No, well, Highlander, we we own that format. I mean, Eric does, but like you could tell Eric, I'm doing this too bad. I think he would say no. I like him a co-owner of Highlander Gauntlet <laughs> since we've changed it. I mean, All right, so Tibble, his plus is he casts Blazing Volley, which is uh, one damage to each creature your opponent controls. At random, he chooses one of these cards. Crackle Earth, each player sacrifices is a permanent, a permanent? No, or Ignorant Bliss. Remove all cards in your hand from the game draw face down. At the end of turn, return those cards and then draw a card. He minus twos or minus ones to do Flame Break at random, which is three damage to each creature without flying and each player. Creatures dealt this damage can't be regenerated. Wow. Uh, seething Song or Dance with Devils. Put two 1-1 one, one red creatures onto the battlefield. If they die, they do a damage. And then he his ultimate is either Helion Eruption. You sacrifice all creatures and make that many 4-4 tokens. Insurrection, untap all creatures, gain control of them, then gain haste until end of turn, or Warp World. Which wow. is just everyone shuffles all of the things they control and you deal this them out. This is all written on the card? So they don't say the rules. They just say the card names. Oh. It says, plus, pick one at random, these three cards. That's awesome. Minus, pick one at random, these three cards. That's really funny. Um, Added that to Chandra because I have every other Tybalt and like I feel like we should be able to play test cards, but I, I f- it feels like maybe that's that's shenanigans. That sounds really fun though. It, it would add a layer to the format that makes it like just that much more like oh maybe I do want to play it because like I get to play these cards that are really sweet but kind of don't have a home right now. That's the thing with the test cards because right? aren't the test cards are not ever unglued right? They're always real. They're all possible. Nothing that is on the test card can't happen in a game of Magic. So it's not like do the hokey pokey. Correct. There's no physical actions. There's no like... 
rip up this car. Rip up this car. There's nothing that like is outside of the game of magic. Nothing you say matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to high five an opponent or anything. They're just like sort of weird, absurd effects, which is like kind of commander cards have a little bit of this if you play them in one v one. There's right. some of that, right? Like, like damages back on the stack for one white is an example. And there's like there's a, you could go look through all of them, but like look, Tibbolt's a thing, right? Like that's a card that they could never print. Some of it's stuff they couldn't print. Yeah, for okay. reasons okay. like this, where it's like. There's no way we could expect someone to have a cell phone. If a kid opened this and they yeah. don't have a phone, then they're never going to be able to play this card because they're never going to be able to find out what these nine cards do sure. or remember it, right? So, like, that card could never exist. But in the rules of magic, that card's fine. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's stuff like that. Or, like, there's, like, the Sliver Art. Sli- I'm never going to say it correctly, but Slivdrazi, which I think is the Sliv-drazi? most expensive one. Yeah, it's a Sliver Eldrazi. Okay. Uh, and it is all five colors, but oh, I think it has, what's it called? Colorless. Okay. But it's like very expensive. All uh, slivers have Annihilator 1. And then you can uh, pay some amount of mana to create a 1-1 one, one sliver scion token How that much has it sacrifices to, to make a mana. How much does it cost to cast the draws? Like Michael opened it. He has one. Sick. Um, <laughs> he's been trying to sell it. So uh, <laughs> he has like $50 from Card Kingdom or something. And like he's trying to get something slightly better. But oh, worst wow. case, you know, he'll do that. Cool. Um, so if anyone on the podcast wants it, DM the podcast because Michael's trying to sell it. He's more than 50 because that's what Card King's offering. Um, um, well, so Reno sounds like it was super fun. Yeah. This sounds well, like... Sorry, back to the actual part of Mystery Draft yeah, before yeah. I finish. Um, what's cool about it is like it's curated, right? Like there's strategies you can do. One of the problems with full-on chaos, chaos drafting yeah. is like you kind of just don't get to do any like you it's all basic you like generally my plan is do blue white flyers or get every mana fixing i can and play the good cards like those right. are the two things i know to do in this there's good mana fixing they made sure the seated good mana fixing of different varieties and there there's signets and there's like harrow there's like you can there are strategies right you can be like oh i'm gonna do tokens or i'm gonna do graveyard shenanigans i'm gonna do reanimator so like you can do different things on purpose which never really existed in in uh, chaos drafts it's always right. kind of like this is crazy what can i do what weird card combos could i maybe pull off um so that's really cool and i think that's like one of the really big strengths of the format is like it's a good drafting experience from but like you a can't buy them right it's like or you can but they're crazy so expensive. so no so they no longer give them away uh, you can no longer buy you like so if you win your pod, you just get tickets. You don't get packs. Okay. Because they were having just issues running out. Uh, you also they like when you sit down, they open all the packs for you ahead of time, so you can't just drop and take them because yeah. one pack is worth thirty five. I know. I bought one for our chaos draft oh, at the nice. last event. It was like forty bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're like very expensive, and so they're no longer really available. But next week they're releasing mystery booster drafts packs but there's no turn there's none of the white cards no test cards. there's no test cards it's all random foils from the set that are valuable huh. so so That's like yeah and, and like what's what's the artifact zero mana makes two mana when you tap it zero oh mana crypt mana crypt like there's like i don't think i was in a pod that didn't open a mana crypt and that's like a 200 dollars card so there's like real value in the set and oh, like wow. teferi's protection of the set uh someone opened a teferi's protection and the green elf that is worth infinite money for no reason Green elf. It's one green, one colorless tap for how many, like, domain, basically. Oh, 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 Bloom Tender? Yeah, Bloom Tender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, like, they open both of those, and yeah. both of them are $50 cards. So I, like, they... really want to do this. I definitely am going to be at Seattle mm-hmm. um, in June. Are you going that with me? Uh, I think I'm officially missing Seattle. What? I'm in London for the week and a half before that. No. So, maybe I, I know, can, maybe, I can, maybe I can convince you. You have to convince Whitney more than me. <laughs> I'm also gonna be in London this year, by by the way, guys. June 11th or yeah. uh, December 11th. Yeah, right. Right now, right now, my like GP or ma- 
Magic event schedule, there's Seattle, there's um, which I, I want to go to, there's Vegas, obviously. For sure, I'll be there. Anaheim, which everyone, if you can, we're, MMCast lives at Anaheim. We're, we're the Los Angeles people. Uh, when is that? It's in November. Oh, it's November. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely be throwing an event at the end of it. And like the plan is to try and organize a Thursday or Friday. Everyone goes to Disneyland um, oh, experience. Oh, snap. I didn't uh, know we were doing that. Yeah, yeah. So me and Michael have year passes. So we're and we're like very good at Disneyland. Wow. You've had a year pass before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're also good at it. Um, and so we're, we're like going to try doing a whole Disneyland meetup situation. And then also on like Saturday night, we'll try and do like a more of like a like rent out a hotel ballroom or something. So, but yeah, so Gen Con is a big one. So that's the other big one. And a lot of Magic community members, that's like when we were talking about, oh, when are we going to see each other again at Reno? Yeah. Everyone was like, well, Gen Con. Is probably the main, and Seattle were like the main two. And like maybe SCG Con. SCG Con, a lot of people are going to. That's I'm actually in London for. It's the weekend before Seattle. Yeah. Um. So those are like the main events of the next year. It's funny because like last year, so so two years ago, Gen Con, I went with you and that was the that was the year that we went and did all the uh the the beta draft yeah, well, michael michael qualified michael actually, for a beta draft that's so close i know <laughs> breaks my heart uh and then the next year was the like i had to go like sort of last minute because i was in africa yeah but then and remember that was when I, twitch rivals tried to book me but i had to do gen con so uh, then you booked twitch rivals so these were like okay who's your co-host let's let's do him instead yeah, and yeah so then you got to do it before me and i was like tearing my hair out while i was also at gen con like with all of the magic people, like realizing, like oh, this is actually pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is actually like really fun to be here with like tons of magic personalities. Gen, Gen Con, Gen Con's my favorite show of the year. It's better than Comic Con. It's better than E three. It's better. It's than, like and like yeah. and like I I like lo- kind of love that there's like that strip of steakhouses. Uh, oh, 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 you know what right. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's like St. Elmo's in, in, in Indianapolis. There's like St. Elmo's next to Izzy's or whatever, and like right. the steaks all look really good. Well, my my like favorite thing, and it's really sad because I I did it the first two years I went to Gen Con, but last year I missed, and the year before that we like was our first time having a booth, and so like didn't have time to breathe. Yeah, uh, is there's a section of the hall where you can just pay ten dollars and for the whole weekend do unlimited werewolf games, which is my like. Probably top five favorite like games, and so you just like if you die, you just go to another circle. Like they just have them firing continuously, and so you just like don't stop pretending to be a werewolf. I wonder if I, wonder <laughs> if I try to go to Gen Con again with you this year. But we have a booth. Yeah. So Otherwise, we did the drafts. We talked about that. We talked about Jackbox is really fun. Don't want to talk about why, but uh, Jack in the Box. Jackbox. Oh. The game on like everything now. Jack in the Box. They have these things. These tacos. Yes. These tacos. They're vegetarian. <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay. So I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how much? Co- what? If you had to choose a meat to wrap around a log of cookie dough to cook it, which meat would you choose? Is there even a question about this? <laughs> There's really only two answers. Okay. The, the Ooh, obvious, you're very prepared. Well, like, come on, it's bacon. You okay. make bacon okay. weave. You make bacon weave. If you've ever watched Epic Meal Time, sure. you understand bacon weave yeah. well. And you wrap it in bacon weave, and it, you cut it and cook it. Like that seems okay. that seems amazing. Okay. But I do think because I've had a lot of this in my life now, the thinly sliced fillet where you sear it and wrap it around something. Yeah. Okay. Is also incredible. Okay. I've had like there's like a sushi roll you can get in California here. Okay. This place called Hama Sushi. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like a shrimp tempura roll with like other amazing no, stuff. What you're describing, my favorite food of all time, or like second favorite after those tuna cones in Hong Kong, is literally this wrapped in garlic and onions. Yes. At the at the at the we had at the first yeah, night Nataman, last It's year. like literally the only thing I have to get every time I go to Hong it's Kong. It's incredible. So I think probably if it's really thin and it's really good fillet mm-hmm. and like searing on the outside you had me at thinly sliced yeah. fillet. <laughs> uh Fair. so do you have an answer to this question I, I i was i was pretty high on chasu like like pork belly 
Yeah. Because I, I wanted something a little thicker because the the conversation started a little bit weirder. And so I was bringing it to real Char, food. So you're talking about the stuff you put in ramen. Yeah, yeah. So the way they make that is they like re- they like take pork belly and they like roll it and then yeah. they like tie it with strings and roast it. So just yeah. in that roll have a log of cookie dough. Uh, the other thing <laughs> someone brought up that I thought was really funny was taking a turkey. Not a turkey, a duck, a okay. full duck. And you, instead of using stuffing, just stuff it with cookie dough and cook it. Yeah. Because, like, duck, like, goes with sweet sauces, right? You use, like, a hoisin sauce at uh, Chinese restaurants often. Sure, sure. So, like, the cookie dough kind of does that. Um, but I was I was high on the, like, uh, the other thing someone brought up is, like, yes, you could wrap it with bacon weave, or do you want to make a cookie dough bacon lasagna? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how good that really is, but I would certainly be open to trying it. Um, and I have, like, one buddy be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> So we don't have that much time left. So sure. let's talk a little bit about the top. Uh, super, the, Im- let's talk about Super Impulse. Oh yeah, so I think that was really cool because yeah. so we went to New York Toy Fair. Alex obviously is the CEO of this toy company, uh, Kesco. Yep. Um, that also I, the Twitch channel that I used to so go yes. follow that. Um, and and I work for said company. So we were in New York and we were talking about hula hoops and, and balls. And we like walked down the aisle, literally a hundred feet, to like check out just like booth design of another booth. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, let's go. And we like looked around and you guys have probably seen this company, Super Impulse. They do the smallest whatever. So it's like the smallest Transformers toy or like the smallest, smallest Rubik's Cube, the, or smallest the smallest Tetris game. Yeah. And we like were walking around and we were like, whoa, the smallest magic cards. Have we never seen this? And we right. like picked it up and it was not like there was like Thought Scour, Remand, like, like wait, 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 wait. Well, it was, J- it was Jace versus Vraska, the dual deck from like f- during Return to Ravnica block. So the cards in it were like, yeah. Back in the day when they were like legal and were very good. So it was like sick. So we were like, we were like, this is like amazing. Yeah. Have we not seen this? And we like asked them, we're like, is this out there? Like, no. <laughs> no one's, no one's talked about this. We haven't announced it because they like don't, because they license a bunch of properties and most of the time it's not like a thing. Uh, and there's no one that like has a following about that thing or there's yeah. not like a community based. Like there's not a group. There is a Rubik's Cube community because there's like fastest Rubik's Cube things. Right, right. But I don't think this company like realized that or is like leaning into the communities and niches around their product. So we got we were like, oh, we love to do the official preview of this online. Is that OK? And they were like, absolutely. And so like we did this whole thing. We made it on Reddit. My hand <laughs> specifically was the picture people were using everywhere. You and your wedding ring. Like, yeah. yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> um, my very beat up simple wedding ring because there's no chance they don't lose this. It was like probably uh, in terms of featuring our faces with this product, not the best that I, there was like a, a weird angle of the side of my head and like from like a top angle and then your hand were like the two things. Yeah, yeah. it was but, fine. Like, I mean like it, it did its job. But we we, we post on Twitter. People were really excited. We're even talking to them about maybe being uh like the first people to launch it at Gen Con. So there might be in our booth at Gen Con yeah. announcements pending. Um, so really exciting, really cool. The deck's awesome. Like the cards are really small. Uh, I gave, I, I, we got some and I gave one of them to uh, Dana Fisher. Yep. Cause she's the littlest magic player. And so she the was littlest. really excited. I gave her one of the ones I got. Um, that was cool. Yeah. She was like really hyped. That's awesome. Yeah. She's great. She also went like, Six zero. She's like very good at magic. She's like very good at magic. This is our first limited magic event yeah. that she's like done this well, and so it was like really cool watching her do a run. And her friend went like ten and zero. Um, yeah, and he was twelve. So yeah, so it was really fun. It was cool. They were awesome. Super impulse. Check it out. Uh, it's supposed to come out in the fall, and you guys can go check out the pictures on our Twitter now. Um, let's talk a little bit about the state of modern. What's going on? Uh, this top eight is interesting. There was a PTQ. I believe this was at Reno. The reason we're talking about this, and, and again. Um, you can go check, you know, you can go check out all of this on the channel Fireball Twitter. All the lists are there. There's all eight of them shared. Mm-hmm. But there are some very, very cool decks. Um, specifically, there's this one, there's this one Fires of Invention deck. 
right? That's like that's the one. I feel like that's like the heater deck to talk about. It's, it's that's the coolest deck of the weekend. That's like cert, by far the most interesting. Sure. So this deck is it's a it's a snow deck, right? It's playing Astrolabe, which like Astrolabe's become pretty ubiquitous in the format. It's, I think it's problematic to be totally honest, but yeah, it makes. But the whole idea here, if you guys remember when we initially debuted Fires of Invention, when we mm-hmm. talked about that on the preview episode, the very first thing I said, and, and this is something a lot of people came, you know, was savor the moment. That's the first thing I thought of, right? Sure. You, you, your untapped step doesn't matter, so let's cast this on turn four and then immediately cast Savor the Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so this deck is taking advantage of that, but it's also taking advantage of Time Warp. So on the next turn, you hit your fifth land, and now you have the ability to sure. cast Time Warp. And it's also taking advantage of Ren and Six. Ren and Six is kind of the card that really pushes it over the top because you can search for Mystic Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And Mystic Sanctuary then allows you to just basically over and over and over again plus up your Ren and Six and effectively loop your time. Well, so, yeah, so, so the math, the, we were looking, talking about the math yesterday. Basically, you have Ren and Six in play. You fetch for Mystic Sanctuary. You then, you cast Time Warp, fetch for Mystic Sanctuary, put Time Warp back on top. So that's the first turn. Mystic Sanctuary, just if you guys are forgetting, it's the island that comes in tapped. If you have three other islands, it comes in untapped, and you can put an instant or sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library. So you you then get the extra turn effect. You then get the extra turn. You're in the middle of an extra turn, so you get another one. Then you fetch another one. Then you fetch another Mystic Sanctuary. So by the time you get the fourth one, you've taken enough turns to, I believe, get one above... Uh, loyalty to ultimate Ren and Six. Which you can start retracing your time Ren and Six then allows to let you to retrace your time warps and is getting the lands you need back to be able to discard to get it. So you go infinite. You get infinite turns with this combo. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting deck. It's like the when you're looking at all of the pieces, the way they work and the sequencing of the turns, it reminds me a little bit of casting um, inf- like Eternal Command. It like feels sort of like it's not the same deck by any means, and obviously that's relying on like vials and hunt masters and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. this, or not really hunt masters, eternal witnesses. But it does have like a very similar. I need to get to about turn five ish to get this going. I have to make sure I can just like survive. Sure. The difference between this and eternal command is eternal command was kind of like playing bad card, like good cards that don't work together to work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like vile in a control deck. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Where like this is just playing a bunch of good cards and has like three different opportunities to be like, oh, whoops. I win. <laughs> it pretty much just wins with it. Plays two Jace the Mind Sculptors, two Uros, two Chandras. Um, yeah, and it pretty much just wins with Planeswalkers. Just... Yeah, it's it's a super sweet deck. It's very very cool. It plays a Miko Koro. Do you see that? Uh, that's the that's the both both players draw for tap and two from Kamigawa. Oh, cool. Well, like yeah, because really once you're taking infinite turns, yeah. it doesn't matter if your opponent draws a card. So that deck is really <laughs> really cool. That's that's one of the coolest decks of the weekend. Um, we can talk about this this other deck you were talking about here. Well, yeah. So for those who don't know the Niv Visit decks, like that's what's cool about this list is like so many of them were dope. So that's that's yeah. This is Reno uh, Zachary Roach played this. He got seventh. Yeah. So Niv Visit uh, Reborn is the five mana Niv Visit that when you cast it, I believe it's you reveal the top ten cards of your library and mm-hmm. you can. What put up to five of them into your hand? No, that- I think I think as long as each co- you can put up to, it's a gold card of every color combination. Right, right. So right. so you can get theoretically ten cards, but you have to have hit exactly one of each gold like guilds. You need like a Rakdos, you know, all all ten different color combos. Right, for each color pair, choose a choose a card that's exactly those two colors, put the chosen cards into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So, Correct. So you the, can get a blue-green Uro, a red-green Renin Six, a, a black-blue uh, Unmoored Ego, a blue-white Teferi, a red-white Lightning Helix, a black-white Kaya's Guile. But you also have Bring uh, yeah. the Light. Which is dope because Bring the Light acts as your Niv Mizzet extra copy. Well, yeah, you have you have all you have all you have seven copies of Niv Mizzet basically because you have uh, Unmoored Light. 
to be able to get into visit or any of the other cards that you would want. And so correct me if I'm wrong here. No, no, because it doesn't cast it. It just puts bring the light into your hand. So like this is just it's basically like these decks from the beginning of from the time these decks started, they are just ultimate, ultimate value decks. Mm-hmm. You're just like getting drunk so many cards. Well, and it's, casting a, it's a so flying 6-6 six, six for five that draws you somewhere between four and six cards. Yeah. It's like very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very good. So this deck is really cool. We've seen all kinds of variations on this deck, um, but this definitely is one of the coolest ones. There were some Stoneblade decks. Did you see that? Yes, there were, there were two different... There was two different iterations of Stoneblade, which I, f- I felt like... That that to me felt like a deck you would be like really hyped so on. So there's the Bant one, which is dope. And this is like Bant Snow, Stoneblade. It's playing uh, four Noble Hierarch, four uh, Ar- Arcane Astrolab. And then you can use... It has Ice Vein Codals and Stoneforge Mystics to be able to just equip them with Sword and Feast of Famine. This is the closest thing to Cobblade we've yeah. seen since Stoneforge Mystic has been unbanned because you're playing uh, the Ice Vein Codals instead of the birds. You're, you do, it does play two Uros. It's playing three Spell Quellers. So it's a bunch of like flyers that once you get a Sword of Feast of Famine on it, it just can go for it. And it's playing Batter Skull 2, right? Yeah, so it's playing one Batter Skull, yeah. one Sword of Feast and Famine it's using good. the untap trigger from Feast of Famine to be able to just keep your mana open. Teferi lets you cast your spells at instant speed. It's just doing a lot. Yeah, it's, it's also like... <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of sequencing of the, the the casting costs here that are really cool. So like the four noble hierarch in this deck basically are there so that on turn one you can cast it. You can cast a turn two or a natural just to like get some value. You just sure. get out there. It also means you can turn two spell queller, which is really strong. We've seen that out of the Bant spirits decks. Mm-hmm. And you can also turn two to fairy, which is really strong. Right. To fairy has interactions obviously with ice vein coital because you can t- you can bounce your coital to draw, then recast it to draw again. Super value deck. Or if you spell squeller or something that doesn't matter later on in the game, like a two mana one one. It is interesting to see this deck playing four field of ruin main in a three color deck to play four of those main deck is like remember it fixes your mana with your snowlands because you need to get snowlands in play it lets you get those into play while also keeping like remember right now the best deck in the format was amulet titan walking into this yeah with eldrazi tron in second place (laughs) i just mean this is a deck that's playing 23 lands which is you know pretty normal like some modern decks get down to 21 22 Mm -hmm. unless they're like really aggressive but Having a deck that like really distinctly wants to be hitting either Snow or Noble Hierarch on turn one, sure. play four copies of Colorless Land, feels a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I can see one landers where that's your only land, and you're like, ey, this is Well, but not one landers work. you don't keep anyways, right? So like... In some decks, I mean, if... you know, if this, this is not a deck you keep one land. It's if you had one land that was green and you had Hierarch in your opener, you can probably keep that hand in this deck. No, I yeah? won't keep that hand. Okay, interesting. That you get punished. Like there's... Especially because look at how many of your cards are three drops. You'd have to... And like Ice Vein Codal's medium, yeah, I would be, I'd be really reticent. I'd have to have a very good hand. So now the other, the other Stoneblade deck um, is Jacob Chen, who got fourth, and this one is blue white. And this one's playing four Snapcaster Mage, four Spell Queller, four Stoneforge. It's not playing Hierarch. It's this is much more of a traditional Stoneblade deck. Like this is blue white control effectively with Stoneforge Mystic. It's almost more blue white control just playing Stoneforge Mystic, like because it's not taking advantage of the like getting in with attackers it's much more about just having a blue eye control list and so far mystic is the best control finisher yeah maybe ever printed yeah it's really sweet i mean it's it's cool to see the innovation that's starting to happen in modern with this like these these feel like traditionally powerful strategies and it's interesting that this top eight doesn't have a single copy of amulet titan and it doesn't have a single copy of urza i know urza's a worse deck ever since the banning but it's still very powerful sure still plays a lot of really powerful cards um i think modern is going to kind of swing back into the forefront i think right now it's kind of because of Pioneer and mm-hmm. it's not the season. It's a little bit in a down moment, but I think this summer you're going to see Modern Roaring back. Yeah. I think the format actually looks like it's getting to a place that's pretty exciting. Yeah, this is what I was saying. Like, maybe Field of Ruin, not Field of Ruin, <laughs> maybe uh, 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 Once Upon a Time Once gets a banned time. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the next, ne- on Monday, but like, I don't think the format needs it. 
and like I don't know if it's that much better than Arcane Astrolab. Like I think both of them are maybe problematic. I do think it sucks that right now there is an argument that you the only basics you should be playing are snow basics. Yes, and that's because of Astrolab. Well, it's because of a few different cards. Astrolab is is the one that's seeing a lot of play, but like it even comes down to like Kotal, it comes down to the board wipe, it comes down to like there's just enough different reasons to are not people, be playing. Are people snowlands. playing Dead of Winter? Is that like a thing? I haven't like seen it really. In I haven't seen it that often. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. I like but, that card though. Like if you look at these lists, most of them are just playing Snowlands, right? So it's like kind of sad. I mean, the other cool things: Eldrazi playing Ugin of of uh, Ugin the Ineffable. That card's great, uh, and to the extent that you should have it in every commander deck you own. Ugin the Ineffable. Yeah. Wow. Every single one. Huh. Rock and roll. I mean, like, yeah, all of them. The fact that it like, can control and destroy any permanent and draws you cards and makes you tokens and makes artifacts cost-free to less. Like, every commander deck you play should be playing Ugin the Ineffable. I'm going to make that hot take right now. Hot that's take. not an episode hot take. That's just me saying it. Okay. Uh, I might tweet that later. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I think, guys, we have to wrap up here. Um, yeah. Thank you all for watching another episode of the Masters of Modern Podcast. We will be back next week. I'll have a special guest. No, no, Alex will be with me next week. I'll be um, And we will be debuting some awesome new stuff on the Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash the MMCast. But next week, if you check between now and then, you'll probably see updates on it. We'll announce everything officially, though, next week on the show. Exciting stuff coming. We're really, really hyped about that. Um, and we have this really cool thing we're going to do this weekend that obviously you guys are going to find out about soon. You might even follow our socials and see us posting about it this weekend we're not yep. really sure but uh it's exciting and we're, we're really hyped about it so you can find me at ben bateman media i'm at kes wiley everywhere other than twitch or matt kesko and uh you yeah get it. you can get a zuko saying hey emoji or baby yoda drinking tea emoji you love baby yoda so much it's really good look yeah. at my phone yeah i've got the double toy fair exclusive pop sockets Ugh. of baby yoda on the custom disneyland baby yoda iphone case where's that actually kes wiley where's that action live pop socket uh, it was on my old phone case. <laughs> I got a Baby Yoda one now. This is all Baby Yoda all the time. Fair. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you all soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.